On a breezy spring day in 1835, a 13-year-old boy from the Jura region of eastern France set out for the glittering metropolis of Paris to seek his fortune. He traveled the 292-mile road on foot, sleeping wherever he could to find shelter and taking odd jobs to survive. It took him two years to reach the city, where he promptly became an apprentice to a box maker and ultimately his own chess-making workshop. His name was Louis Vuitton. Welcome to the Experiment Podcast, where we talk about life, and business and how they daily intersect. I'm your host, Laura Dowdy. Let's get to some real talk. So welcome to the Experiment Podcast. As you can see, today's podcast is a little bit different. And for me, I have a connection to this story. Not only did I grow up in a house built in 1896, I so I have some kind of textual understanding of what life was like back then when Mr. Vuitton, y'all are just going to have to get over my Kentucky way of trying to say French words, but it is what it is. So going back that far and to think the amount of tenacity that he had to build this amazing product, you literally can go back through the timeline and you will see that the logo that they use today, the locks, the the fabrics, like the details on the design of the leather that they use are were all started over 188 years ago. It's just amazing to me. It shows you the power of branding, first and foremost, for sure. Secondly, the journey that you go through as a business. And I wonder if 188 years ago, if Louis Vuitton had any idea that Bernard Arnault would come along and now be the wealthiest man on the planet at 188 billion. I know that number kind of goes back and forth, fluctuates up and down. Listen, when you get into the billions, it does what it does. But the cool thing is, is I actually have a relationship with this story in that I met Bernard when he was only 30. And I say only with complete jest, 30 billion wealthy, had the absolute pleasure of walking through his property that at the time called Villa Altura and just stunning. One of his many properties. So I thought I would kind of share a little history about the LVMH brand along with my relationship and connection to the Arnold family and their relationship to real estate. Let me start with giving you a full kind of overview. Bernard Arnault is a French businessman and the CEO, as we know, of LVMH, which is today the world's largest luxury goods conglomerate. He's widely regarded as one of the wealthiest people in the world. Arnault's wealth comes with an extensive portfolio of luxury brands, including 
Christian Dior, Moet, and Chandon, as well as his personal real estate holdings. Arnaud was born in 1949 in a small city north of France. His father owned a construction company and he spent much of his childhood accompanying his father on job sites. He went on to study engineering at a prestigious French university. And you'll notice that I'm skipping over the names because what's the point? I can barely handle Italian, let alone French, before joining his family business. But in 1984, Bernard used his engineering background to help turn around the struggling fashion house of Christian Dior. He was appointed CEO and then began acquiring other luxury brands. Those have the nickname of being the wolf in a cashmere sweater. But the reason I tell you this story, besides having and owning over 70 luxury brands, and generating billions of dollars in revenue every year, his real estate holdings are also significant. He owns a chateau in the Loire Valley, which he purchased in 1991 for $10 million. The chateau, known as Chateau Cheval Blanc, is home to a vineyard that produces some of the world's most expensive wines. He also has a luxury apartment on New York City's Central Park, which he purchased in 2018 for $70 million. The apartment is, of course, located in the iconic Billionaire's Row neighborhood and spans over 5,000 square feet and offers stunning views of Central Park. He also has additional properties in Truesdale Estates here in Beverly Hills, as well as in the Bird Streets. While he may be known as the wolf in a cashmere sweater, when it comes to his business savvy, what I know personally about this man is I would give him the name of the nicest man on the planet. And the reason I say that is because when I met him, I have to be honest, I am very resourceful. And my connection to him came through a colleague that we were working with. We were in the process of expanding our footprint in Europe and London specifically. And this colleague of ours actually had relationships with Bernard's daughter. And through that relationship, he was kind enough to connect with me and my business partner at the time. And when I visited his villa in Cannes, I honestly did not have a hundred percent awareness, I guess, of exactly who he was. And I'm kind of glad I didn't. And the reason is because I probably would have put on a little bit more airs or like been a little more buttoned up. I don't know. I basically mirrored his behavior. And the reason I say that was because I was just like Lara from <laughs> tagging along my two parents. Keep in mind that as I was driving up to his villa, which I was going to see because he had it on the market there and wanted to work with us in trying to sell it here in the US. I, I can't say this without laughing because I'm kind of embarrassed and it's the truth. So we're driving up in this rental car and he has to come down, drive down from his house to get us 
and then drive us up to his house because it's, I guess, a little too complicated to explain. And it wasn't like on the maps or whatever. Um, Like the roads were just jankety to some degree, little roads. Anyway, at the time worth 30 billion ring, ring. Hey, Bernard, we're here. No problem. I'll be right down there. Don't you move. I know exactly where you are. I mean, literally, I like I didn't know where I was. We'd stopped at this place to like get a little drink or something because I wasn't like I was just supposed to call him. No, no, no. Don't you go any further, Laura. I will come down and get you with his beautiful French accent. And so he drives down. I got my parents in tow because we left London. They flew into London because I had business in London. They met me there. And then we we took a train down to Nice and then over to Cannes. And then they went on to my dad loves playing for pizza by John Gresham, like has listened to it. I don't know, crazy times. And they literally were leaving from where we were and then going to drive through all the little places that are listed in that book before all of that happened. My parents, like I said, were with me. We had just left Nice. We were on our way to Monaco and we stopped, stopped by Bernard's house. <laughs> Literally, I'm just, I like, I want this to get out there. The LVMH of real estate, the wealthiest man in the world today, drove down from his house to guide us to his villa, Altura, and give me, my parents were going to stay in the car because we were trying to play professional to some degree. But he's like, absolutely not. Get out of the car. Come on in. Took us from top to bottom, left to right, indoors, outdoors, like the most amazing views, as you can see, of this beautiful villa that he had on the market at the time for $23 million, and just treated us I, literally, I, I can't put into words how gum smacked I still am, as you can see to this day, at how kind and just human connected he was. Listen, I absolutely respect his wolf decisions that he's made. I mean, it's a no-brainer on that end. But what I am doing this for is because wealthy people, as a general you know, assumption, get a really, really bad rap. The one lesson that I've learned in all of these years of working in this level of real estate is they put their pants on the exact same way that we all do every single day. And money only makes you more of what you already are. So what I know of a man that I met at 30 billion in wealth, again, the most gracious, literally walked us back to car. So we're at his villa. We've done the entire tour and he walks, instead of just saying, thanks, bye. He walks us back to the car like a proper gentleman would. And Sue's saying goodbye. My I'm driving. My dad's in the you know front seat. My mom's in the back. And in between is my my Louis purse. Thank God. 
And he goes, oh, by the way, thanks for supporting us. I swear to y'all to this, like at that moment in time, I still was not fully aware of this legend that was leaning in, had just given me a personalized, quaint, kind tour of his home. And then from there proceeded to email back and forth with links to the video and just other details about how we could separate the apartment that was, you know, down off the acreage there. So when you're sitting there and you're making these assumptions about anyone in your life, what I know that I know is that blue-eyed, kind man who has built this empire for his family and is embracing them, giving them all a place in their path along the journey that started 188 years ago from a craftsman who understood family and attention to detail, craftsmanship, and kindness. Now, what I don't understand to this day is why a man starts in real estate and hasn't built the LVMH of real estate. We need it, Mr. Arnold. So Monarch Real Estate is here for you anytime you know that. So today was just a journey about how connections can span over centuries. And when all of those material things fall away, what matters most is how you treat other people. And listen, I'm not one to give lessons, but it is one of the most profound experiences I've ever had. Now, listen, I'm from the South. I'm used to people being nice. I'm used to putting, I'm used to people like putting on like the most hospitable environment, like the bar in the South is really, really high about how to treat others as guests in your home. And Mr. Bernard Arnault, absolutely top ringer, speaks volumes about the core of who he is. And just wanted to share that little story today because within real estate, we have the blessing and privilege of coming across the most amazing people, no matter where they fall in their real estate purchases. So just remember that this real estate business is transactional, but more importantly, it is 100% about the relationship. Y'all go make a difference out there. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Experiment Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. And as always, follow me on Instagram at Laura Dowdy underscore L-E for live excellence. Go make a difference, y'all. The world needs you.